0: Three, two, one. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Start Simple Podcast with me, Andy. How are you? Been a bit of a crazy week. Two weeks, three weeks. Been a bit of a crazy period in my life. I um, i have had the dreaded rona. I've got rid of the dreaded rona. I am um, currently is stranded, the word. See, if I explain it as stranded in Bali, people are going to listen to this and think, sure, mate, you're in Bali. But so Indonesia has gone into like a... A real lockdown it's not like you know at home when they've had lockdowns but you know you can go for a walk to the park or you can you, people were meeting up in houses and all that sort of business not that I did any of that but when it was that half-assed lockdown at home it didn't like that here eh? like they have military roadblocks checking people checking what you're doing and everything like that so everything sort of closed and in the process of all that I am trying to get back to the UK I want to go home what's my family my friends my dog and don't get me wrong I love Bali like can't explain how much I've enjoyed it here, but home for a little while. I've got a few bits on this summer, and then we'll see where the world takes us next. Wouldn't recommend traveling too much, though, with all this going on. It's a pain in the ass. So that's a little bit of a life update from me, but but anyway, my uh, current situation leads us quite nicely into today's podcast, because it's going to be an episode again where I'm going to talk through some of the situations and questions that I've had come up with clients this week, my opinion and ways of managing certain situations, and then some questions about that I've had. So... The reason that I say that my situation leads in quite nicely to the first topic this week is we're going to talk about choices and control. And for me at the minute, there is only a certain level of control I have in my day at the moment. I can't dictate the fact that I can't really fly home. I can't dictate the fact that I can't really go out. So there's no point in me letting that occupy my mind too much. And I don't get me wrong, I'm not some sort of magician. It's not like I can completely ignore it. But I can't control it, so there's no point in putting my daily focus there. So this week, I've put my focus into things I can control. I've made sure I still move every day, listen to podcasts. I've made sure to exercise every day, to be in control of foods that make me feel good, making sure that I put my focus on my work and things that I can do and things that I ultimately have control over. And that is the first sort of topic we're going to cover because this happened with one of our clients, Kaylee, this week. and. In our check-in, Kayleigh was talking about a weekend trip away. And that, listen, is something that most people go through. And this is an important part of dieting, is that we think that to be on a diet, and this is talking about fat loss specifically now, but we think that for fat loss to happen, um, that we need a real clear run at things, that we have to have a month worth of weekends where we have no plans. We think we have to avoid all the social occasions, and that's the only acceptable time for us to start a diet. And to be honest with you, if that's what you're waiting for, You will never start a diet because unless you're a hermit, realistically, you will have weekend plans, especially now with the world reopened after nearly 18 months. Your friends are going to want to see you. You're going to want to go and do social things. It's summer. People want to do barbecues in the garden. Everyone's been watching football for the last month. Then there's birthdays. And then after summer, Christmas will come up and bonfire night and Halloween. And people find a reason to do things for absolutely everything nowadays. So social occasions and trips away and weekends away are never going to go away. So there's never going to be a so-called perfect time to start a diet. Or well, there is. It would be right now because there is no better time than the present. That's a good quote, isn't it? But back to to, to Kaylee's situation. She was going away for the weekend with some family. She was talking to me about all the things that were going to make it quite difficult for her. Um, not being able to maybe do workouts, not being able to have a protein shake, not being able to cook homemade meals. And some of the things that on paper is where our mind takes us to first. It's the first thing. Whenever... Our backs are up against the wall a bit. And it doesn't have to be a weekend away. It could be a busy day at work. It could be taxi runs for the kids after school. Could be the fact you're in a lockdown or whatever. But whenever things get a little bit difficult, the first thing we naturally do as humans, and we are a bunch of weirdos humans because we never make it easy for ourselves. But the first thing that we naturally start to do is... Give ourselves every single reason why it's going to be hard, why we can't do something. And I don't like using the word excuses because, again, this is just the way that our brains work. But we start to work through all the reasons why it's going to be difficult and tell ourselves that we can't do something. And it's not true. We can. And this is what I said to Kayleigh. Ultimately, you always have a level of choice and a level of control and this is where we tend to go wrong when i'm talking about these social situations where as soon as a weekend comes up where something's happened, it's like all right well i can't diet now i might as well eat everything inside and you don't have to do that so in kaylee's situation this week it was the fact that well actually well actually you do have controls. so it was a city break so you're going to be walking so your step count is going to be really high pretty much every restaurant cafe anywhere you go now healthy eating is, is popular. Like it maybe wasn't the case 10 years ago and it wasn't quite as easy to maybe understand calories, whereas a lot of restaurants will tell you the calorie value of their meals. It wasn't as easy to be able to order high protein foods or to change foods and meal choices to be a little bit healthier, a bit of low calories if fat loss losses your goal. But now that's just not the case. Like even places like Subway, Mackey's, KFC, and to be honest, I'm not a big fan of any of them. But even if you were going to go and eat there, you can still get low calorie options. So it's not in this situation anymore where just because you're not cooking or just because you're away from home doesn't mean you don't have control over your choices. Like when you're eating out, you still have to say the words to the waiter who comes over or waitress who comes over and that's what you want to eat. You still have to tell them what you want to eat off the menu. And it is going to be extremely, extremely rare that you go out to eat and there's not an option on the menu that is maybe higher protein, more vegetables, more salad, lower calorie options. It's never going to be the case. And I said this before on Instagram, you also don't go somewhere shit to eat. So wherever you're choosing to go and eat, whether you choose the higher calorie option on the menu or the lower calorie option or the higher protein option or the lower protein option, you're choosing a restaurant where you like the food. So the food is going to be good regardless of what you choose. Never excuse yourself and pretend to yourself that you don't have a level of choice and the truth is if you are working towards fat loss or muscle gain or any sort of fitness related goal then you are going to have to start to change choices because we are a reflection of maybe the last three months not just in terms of what we look like physically but also our mindset our relationship with food your current situation now is probably a very good reflection of the work you've done over the last three months so let's say you've really improved your mindset Maybe over the last three months, you've been conscious of that. You've been working towards it. I don't know, doing things like yoga, meditation, taking time without your phone, spending more time outdoors, exercising. If you've lost body fat over the last three months, the chances are you've been focusing more on your diet. You've had higher protein. You've been eating more fruit, more vegetables. You've been putting yourself in a calorie deficit. If you haven't done any of those things, then look at the last three months. Maybe you've been eating out a lot. Maybe you've been drinking a lot. Maybe you've not been as active and you've been missing gym sessions. These things are not a fluke. They tend to be a reflection of choices that we've made over a recent period. So yeah, you will always have a choice. Diet in itself is a choice. Like we're in a very lucky position where realistically it's not difficult for us to get food. And this is, any of us now can jump on our phone and have a delivery, Uber Eats, the gojek, which is what they use here in um, Bali, we can just jump on an app and have food at our door in seconds. So even choosing to diet is a choice that we can make. And you need to make sure that regardless of your situation, whether it's trips away, whether it's weekends, whether it's meals out or whatever, your choices should reflect the goal that you want to achieve. They should reflect the person that you want to be or the way that you want to feel or the way that you want to look in three months from now. And if the choices over the last three months have got you to a position you're in now and that's not where you want to be, then you need to look at those choices and then work on changing them over the next three months. But you will always, always have a choice. And it's so important you don't tell yourself otherwise. Don't start talking. Again, it comes back to this sort of self-talk. I touched on this on the podcast last week with Chloe. Self-talk is so important. And if you're telling yourself, oh, I can't do this, I've got this or not, I'm going to be rubbish at this or I'm going to have to do this. You're setting yourself up for failure when you really don't have to. So choices first thing you always have a choice and sometimes the choices that you make will need to change to reflect the goal that you want to achieve now the second topic that came up this week and it was a really good question actually from ed and he asked me about training splits so he'd recently joined me and we've got a new exercise program in place for him and previously his exercise program in the way that he'd done it himself was and this might be familiar to a lot of people who are listening along the lines of a chest day a leg day a back day an arms day a shoulders day and basically when you go to the gym targeting one body part and the program that I'd written wasn't like that I think off the top of my head I think it might have been push pull legs full body no upper lower lower. so there's two upper sessions two lower body sessions and his question was like why which this is so important in coaching is you should always understand the reason why Coaching is not about just telling you what to do. It's about teaching you why we do things. But the question is why? Why would we not do that sort of split where you just go to the gym and you focus on one body part? Now, depending on the amount of times you train, if you are training five times a week, six at a push, but personally, I I wouldn't recommend training for most people more than five times a week. Um, If you are training five times a week, there is potentially a place for you to maybe have workouts that target certain body parts if there's something that you're working on particularly maybe you'll have a day if you're trying to work your your you're bumming your back a little bit more you might dedicate one training day to glutes and your back but for the people who i work with and the vast majority of people who listen to this the chances are you go to the gym maybe three or four times a week so what we want to do then knowing that you're going to the gym that many times a week is basically optimize your training for the period of time that we have available to us now if we go back to those sort of chest day examples so lots of stereotypical lad sort of chest day you do bench press you do incline bench press then you do dumbbell bench press then you do chest press machine you do cable flies, and you finish up with 100 push-ups just because you're a lad and you'll push-ups now if we look at that training session if you are training hard and this is a completely different topic but the vast majority of people do not train hard enough but let's say you are right let's say you're pushing yourself in that training session you're working pretty high intensity and, and you're growing that chest now, your first um, exercise, the bench press, I think I said, the bench press is going to be good. The form's going to be good. You're going to be working at a nice intensity and you're going to be pushing those muscles. The next exercise think we went with incline bench press. And again, good, good intensity. You're working yourself hard. A little bit of fatigue from your initial bench press, but still working well. And then we move on to the dumbbell bench press. And by this point, if you're training hard enough, your chest should be really feeling it. So maybe at this point, you've had to drop the weight from what you'd normally use on dumbbells because you've just done two chest exercises could be up to eight sets already on your chest but you then you, you do these two dumbbell exercises the form's a bit shaky and you drop the weight and then whatever I said next can think cable flies and then again the same situation form is very shaky you drop the weight and the intensity by the end of that session on your chest is not there now if we were to split that session up over a week so instead of having five six exercises all on your chest in one session we split them up and we did three and three so we, we split your training up and in this case maybe had two up body sessions. In session number one, we could have bench press, we could have dumbbell bench press, and we could have cable flies. And in the upper session number two, we could have incline bench press, we could have the chest press machine and the push-ups. And now you've split the load up, and in each of those individual sessions on your chest now, instead of being fatigued by exercise four, five, and six, you're gonna be fresh on your chest. You're gonna be working at a better intensity. You're gonna have higher weights available to you because you're not fatigued. Your form is going to be better, again, because you're not fatigued. So muscle growth is actually gonna be optimal And instead of hitting that muscle group once a week, you're hitting it twice a week. So the sort of bro way of splitting training up where it's leg day, chest day, back day isn't really optimal. We know this from research. It's not really optimal for hypertrophy. Hypertrophy just being muscle building. So in terms of how you should, in my opinion, split your training up, you want to be, as I say, targeting each body part twice a week. Now, if you're training three times a week, the easiest way of that is probably three full body sessions. If you're training four times a week, you can still again a little bit more variety, two upper sessions, two lower sessions, or maybe, like I said before, push, pull, legs, full body. I suppose you could, with the right programming, do four full body sessions, but the point being is that you would split the load up across the course of the week as opposed to having exact training days. It's only, like I said, when you get to maybe five days a week that you could maybe get a little bit more intricate with your programming, depending on the individual, depending on their goals, and importantly, training experience, because... In my opinion, if you're relatively new to training, there are a lot of things that you need to work on, form, intensity, execution of the exercises before you start jumping and going to the gym five or six times a week. If you train properly, if your program is effective, you push yourself appropriately, three, four sessions a week is more than enough for the vast majority of people. And to be honest, consistency with training, go and do a 12 week block training three times a week properly. And if you don't get results from that, come back to me. Because for the vast majority of people, it's consistency with one training plan that's more important. So yeah, training splits. That's why we would do it. We'd space it out across the course of the week to try and make sure that we're targeting muscle groups effectively across the week instead of maybe one session a week on a muscle group and half of that session being poor quality and poor execution. Now the final sort of topic I wanted to cover in this week's podcast was a question that came up with somebody who's beginning to work with me this week. And they'd asked a question to be honest I think a lot of people wonder but maybe don't ask it as much or maybe make assumptions about certain things of what I'm talking about online coaching and I was asked what the difference is between personal training and online coaching and what I do because I think the assumption maybe from online coaching has definitely changed anyway with everything that's gone on this year with COVID, everybody had to go online anyway. But I think the assumption often is that you get a Zoom workout, you get a meal plan and off you go. And that's not necessarily how, it's definitely not how I work as an online coach, but I know other coaches as well and they don't work like that either. So the difference between PT and online coaching, now I obviously was a personal trainer, even before I was a personal trainer, I was personal training just without any qualifications for friends, family, writing, exercise programs, taking my gyms, taking my gyms, taking my friends to the gym and doing sessions with them and trying to help them out with form because I love it, to be honest. And then obviously went into personal training, was working in a gym up until COVID obviously did its thing. So I think I've got a pretty good overview of things from both sides and the the pros and the cons of each side. Now, the obvious thing with personal training, and that's one-to-one PT with a personal trainer in a gym, the obvious like benefit of that is that somebody is physically there watching you exercise. If you have a good personal trainer, they can help you out with form, execution of exercise, make sure you're training properly and efficiently. This sounds really weird, but they can touch you. Like that's such a, a useful cue When exercising is if you are struggling with a form, I did this as a personal trainer. I'll do this again. When I do PT sessions, I will touch people because (laughs) not like that, Um, but I will be able to cue people a little bit better just by touch. Like it's how a lot of us learn. So that's obviously a massive benefit of personal training as well as being able to to physically be there and make sure you're training at the right intensity. Although saying that, I've seen some terrible personal trainers. If you uh, if you don't already, there's an Instagram account called The Form Police and their job is basically calling out personal training. You know, you see personal trainers. I've seen it in the gym before myself. Like you see personal trainers with a client and the client squats are terrible. And all the PT does is just count eight, nine, ten. That's not what personal training is. But a good personal trainer can help you with form, execution, intensity. Um, I think one of the biggest struggles, certainly in my case with personal training, because the way I worked, I worked at a commercial gym. So I didn't set my PT rates or anything like that. I would just get clients through members at the gym. Some PTs work slightly differently where they can set their own, pay rent anyway. you don't really need to know that. But one of the biggest difficulties I would find is the hour that you're with a personal trainer when exercising, the focus of that hour is your exercise. It's making sure you're warmed up efficiently, it's making sure the things I've just said, making sure your form is right and that you're executing the workout right. So really the only opportunity to talk about things outside of the exercise is that sort of one-minute period between each exercise and your rest periods, which it's not really an optimal time. Again, you're probably gonna be breathless, you could probably going to be fatigued, you're tired, you're thirsty not really a great time to be able to sit back and reflect on lifestyle, on diet, on how work's been, on how your sleep is, on how commitments that you've got coming up for this week. So it's that one hour is often very centered on exercise. And as we all know, for you to achieve whatever you want to achieve, that one hour in the gym is going to be a very small percentage of your week to actually get to where you want to be. Now, as I say, depending on the personal trainer, they will have packages available where maybe outside of the PT session, you can pay for extra sessions um, where you would talk about those things in a bit more detail. But then obviously, if that's not the case, then you pay for the hour that you get with the PT and then you see them again next week. And a lot can happen in the space of a week. And that's where I think is the biggest difference with online coaching. I always explain it as with an online coach, you get the support for everything outside of the session, as well as obviously your your exercise sessions planned like I work on form with a lot of my clients. This is, a, I think, a misconception is that you can't correct form as an online coach. I've had clients go from never being able to deadlift to deadlifting the body weight, from never exercising before to being comfortable using free weights in the gym. Obviously, a lot is from video and conversations, but it's still doable. But the difference with an online coach is that we are there and we we plan for everything outside of those sessions. We have conversations about the things outside of the sessions at a time that's actually appropriate for you where you can sit back, where you can reflect, where you can look at your week, analyze your week and see where it is that you really need support. Maybe it's over the weekends, maybe it's improving your sleep quality, maybe it's working a routine around work, maybe it's your morning routine, maybe it's your activity levels day to day but an online coach almost we can have an overview of all of that, we can measure, we can track because again these sort of things and I recommend it to anybody, I'm not talking about tracking calories but Just measuring something such as a step count or a protein intake. If you measure something, you can improve it. If you don't measure it and you ignore it, it's very difficult to work on it to improve it. But yeah, with online coaching, it just gives me the ability definitely to be able to support clients in much more ways than just an exercise session. It means that we can look at an overview of their nutrition, of their lifestyle, work and all the things that actually really do affect you in your goals. Because to be honest, that one hour in the gym is probably the best part of the week that's working towards your goals everywhere outside of that where you probably need to work on reflect on and make changes to and like i say to make those changes it's not just like a, here's a pdf go and do these workouts have some chicken and broccoli good luck no it works through conversation i would I speak to most of my clients a few times a minimum a week we have Why in-depth check-ins every single week where we reflect on their previous week, we reflect on the week ahead and we put plans in place every single week for every single day so that they are 100% confident in what they need to do moving forward to get to their goals. And again, I'm not saying that personal trainers don't do that, but it's rare because, and not through their fault, but it's a very difficult thing to do when that one hour you're with them is focused around exercise. Because if you're taking 20, 25 minutes out of that session to just talk about to talk about lifestyle stuff then you've only got a 35 minute pt session so it's a difficult scenario for personal training and that's where in my opinion online coaching comes in if it's the stuff that you you know if you're going doing pt sessions and outside of the pt session your diet's perfect you're comfortable with your lifestyle you're happy you don't feel as many changes you know what you're doing with your nutrition etc then pt sessions are probably the way to go If you're a complete beginner in the gym and maybe you're not very confident in the gym again potentially PT sessions are the way to go but if you like to train but you need direction outside of the gym if you're not sure if you're doing the right things in the gym if you're not sure around your diet or you're struggling with your relationship with food or sleep or routine that's where an online coach will come in that's where I would come in and help you make the changes to correct all of those things. So a few different topics there with choices as I said dieting and the choices that you you can always make and sometimes you will have to make training splits how to to best program how to make sure that you are getting the most bang for your buck almost out of your training then personal training online coaching a shorter episode today we will be back with some more guest episodes over the, the coming weeks but as always if you have requests for the podcast if you want me to discuss certain topics If you know people and you think, oh my God, you should talk to this person, I I want to hear your feedback because ultimately I want you to benefit from listening to this podcast. As always, shares, ratings, reviews, you don't see it, but I do. It makes a ridiculously big difference for me. So please, please, please do that if you found this beneficial. Otherwise, hopefully soon I will be recording this podcast from the UK and I'll be able to get a few in-person episodes as well with some guests. So yeah. I hope you found this useful and I will see you again soon.